Welcome to the Bridging Connections podcast. This podcast will introduce you to the people who are on the cutting edge of Jewish innovation. You will be hearing from founders and directors of contemporary organizations creating new paths to participate in Jewish life. In this podcast, you will learn about best practices, tips for engagement, and how to create meaningful connections. This is a place that will bridge you to the tools and resources used by the Jewish leaders, visionaries, and innovators that are creating a new sustainable Judaism. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gossage, and I welcome you to come bridge the gap with me. I think the best part of being alive in the 21st century is that we live and interact with people of diverse backgrounds. It saddens me when I hear someone question the authenticity of one's Jewishness. Jews are and always have been a diverse people who have lived all over the world. Through conversion, adoption, and intermarriage, the diversity of Jews in the United States is expanding. Predominantly, Jews in the U.S. have been characterized as Ashkenazi, meaning primarily white and of Eastern European descent. This narrow focus has often resulted in creating spaces that can feel unwelcoming to Jews of color. I've heard many stories of Black Jews being followed around by the synagogue's security guard and of Asian Jews being asked if they are the babysitter. Often Jews of color are stared at and assumed to not belong. Fortunately, today, there are many groups and organizations creating safe spaces for Jews of color. One of these organizations is Bechol Lashon, Hebrew for in every language. Bechol Lashon's mission is to strengthen Jewish identity by raising awareness about ethnic, racial, and cultural diversity of Jewish identity and experiences. Bechol Lashon advocates for a paradigm shift in how Jews see themselves and are seen by others. One of the projects Bechol Lashon supports is Lunar, the Jewish Asian Film Project. Today's podcast is a conversation with Jen Slashberg, the co-creator and executive producer of Lunar. Jen tells us the story of how Lunar developed out of a need for connection with like people during the pandemic. Lunar's purpose is to cultivate connection, belonging, and visibility for Asian American Jews. Lunar has produced one season of films so far, and their second season will be out in early October. I encourage you to visit Lunar's homepage, check out some of the films, and support their work. Jen, it's exciting for me to get more opportunities to speak with you, and very, very excited that we're going to talk about Lunar, the Jewish Asian Film Project. Mm -hmm. Let's start by having you kind of give a recap of how the idea for Lunar started and how it's evolved. So Lunar is really a video series and online community by and for Asian American Jews. So the idea of it kind of generated from a sense of pandemic isolation that I experienced back in spring 2020. I was looking for community and solidarity. And so I reached out to Jenny Rudolph, my co-creator, who's also the creative director of Lunar. And I basically asked her, hey, I didn't know her. I was just, I just saw her on a YouTube video that was about multiracial identity. And she kind of spoke very specifically about her own Chinese and Jewish identity. So I was like, hey, so I'm also, Chinese and Jewish, our names are also similar. Would you want to like get on a Zoom call and talk about our experiences with a few others who share this intersection? After I reached out to Jenny, Jenny like responded to this like total stranger on the internet and was like super excited. So we were like, okay, let's try and find other Chinese Jews. And I ended up finding three. I just posted on Facebook or something and then three people responded. 
and we all five of us got on a Zoom call for two hours. It was supposed to be an hour and a half, but ended up going to two hours. And we just like, I had written guiding questions, but we didn't need them. We just free flowed. And it was like a very natural, very organic and very transformative conversation for all involved. And specifically for me and Jenny, it was a really powerful experience because I don't think any of us at that point had been in a container that was specifically designed for Asian American Jews. Like, yeah, I'd been in spaces for Jews of color. Jenny had been in spaces for mixed race people, but you know, it's not the same, not exactly the same. I mean, the same effect of like, oh, I found my people is there, but the fact that it was so culturally, ethnically, and racially specific was powerful and made the conversation super nuanced and able to get into the nitty gritty of like what it really is that we're experiencing because of the specific intersection that was being held at that point. So because of that like really powerful, impactful experience, we were like, wow, this is great. And we weren't thinking that much about it after we made the video, if Jenny was editing it, it a few months had passed. And then we got reached out to by the Jews of Color Initiative. And they were like, do you want to just buy Ricky from the Jews of Color Initiative? And she was in the video originally as a Chinese Jewish participant. And she was like, do you want to apply for a grant to make more of these videos? And we were like, huh, okay. So at, with their guidance and mentorship, we expanded the series to be about all Asian American Jews and really like nail down like what topics we were going to address in our upcoming series with inspiration from the original Zoom. So that was kind of the process of it being created. But since then, it's kind of grown a lot from that. So yeah, we're really happy for all the support that we have received and all the community that's come out of it. So many words have come up for me. One word that I was thinking, and then you used it, was that your process was organic. I mean, this is true grassroots gathering and community building. And I think that's amazing because we need more of that. And what is really cool is that you saw a place where there was an opening and you ran for it. And how many people that are working in nonprofits, Jewish or otherwise, are dying for people to say, hey, can I give you a grant? <laughs> like they're just begging for grants as opposed to other people coming to them and offering grants. So it really speaks to the fact that it's needed, that it's so necessary and great work. And it's really exciting. So as you go on and you've done this first season or this season of the mini films, what do you see the mission of Lunar being? Um, so our purpose, and we use the word purpose instead of mission because mission has a sort of history and colonization. And when you think about a mission, you can all, you also associate it with like, you know, missions where Native Americans were like enslaved and exploited. So we use the word purpose as a process. I love that explanation. Thank you. And as soon as you said that, that made sense. I thought, yes, like missionaries or something that I think, oh no, get get away, mission. It's all the same yeah. group, people that are trying to push their value mm -hmm. on you. So thank you for enlightening me. No, no, of course. I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure everybody should go and start using purposes of mission. I think it really depends on the organization, but for us, that was a choice that we made. I had heard the alternative wording purpose use when I was working at a different Jewish nonprofit. And I was like, this is, it sounds like something we should implement, especially with our ongoing commitment towards inclusivity and progressing representation for marginalized groups. So our purpose is to cultivate connection, belonging, and visibility for Asian American Jews. And to do that, we have two sort of tenets that that comes with, which is authentic media storytelling and intersectional community programming. So basically we see the future of Lunar really shifting towards having more dual focus on programming and media. So it's no longer just videos. How that'll look like is really, you know, dependent on what happens next in the next 
few months with our content and like depends on our team's capacity and interests, of course, and the community's wants. So that's really amorphous at the moment, but I anticipate that there will be updates over the next months of how that will look like in the future. That's great. So the film series rolled out initially, remind me, it was exactly- February, 2021. Okay, February, right. And it's about the time that I actually got in touch with you. Yeah. And so tell me, how are you feeling that these films have been received so far? They've been received with much interest and with a lot of success. I think like we were able to get covered in a large number of media outlets. We were selected for two Asian American film festivals. I got on MTV. So that was pretty cool. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So we were able to get a lot of really great exposure and support, especially from within the Asian American Jewish and larger Jews of color community. What has really surprised me is the amount of interest and allyship that non-POC Jews have shown in this moment. It's just like, they've been like really intent on learning and listening on our page and for the most part have engaged positively and productively. And I think that is a really good reflection and a really, you know, interesting thing to notice about what's changed in the Jewish community, right? Like without the Jews of color organizing that has been done so tirelessly by a lot of mostly black Jewish women leaders in the last 20 years, this moment for Lunar would not exist. Like without the Jews of color initiative, there is no Lunar. And without JOC organizing, there is no the Jews of color initiative. So all of the things that have transpired from the people and the elders before me that has looked this moment that our team can really thrive is really like I think something that I'm indebted to and think a lot about when thinking about our success is that people have paved the way for us. And ultimately, right, you said this idea is grassroots. Like we came up with this idea on our own, outside of the institutional boundaries of the community. We were like, let's make some videos about Asian Jews. Nobody else was thinking about making videos. I don't know, maybe people were, but they weren't doing it. So we were like, let's do it. And had the Jews of Color Initiative not identified our, you know, talent and ability in our like idea, and been like able to back it and invest in it, we wouldn't like exist because we would not be able to pay anyone and we wouldn't have made the videos. So really having leaders of color at positions of centrality in the Jewish community, looking out for these projects and investing in them, that's I think what incubated our success. Yes, definitely. And you mentioned that, you know, many women, particularly of color, Jewish women of color, have pushed in the last 20 years this important agenda of getting voices out there and heard, combined with everything that's gone on since the onset of the pandemic. And just, it's a time when we've really, speaking from the person that's not of color, it's a time where we realize that even if we thought we were being inclusive, that we weren't as much as we could have been. And it is a time that I think people are looking to relearn their ways and learn what they've done that perpetuated a negativity bias. So I think that these times are really bright for all people to learn about the ways that they've been complacent in the past, so to speak. I feel like it was sort of a a perfect storm in a sense for this to come out at this time and and to get the publicity and everything that you're getting. And it's exciting. So where do you see Lunar going now in the future? I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but expound a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm excited to say that in the near future, we will be releasing a season two of the mini video series. That's what's on the docket. For the second season, it's going to be the same format and same interviewees. And we're going to have five topics instead of six. Our last season had six episodes that covered six distinct topics. And I will leave you to watch our trailer, which will be out in just a few days. 
from this episode's release to find out more about what the topics are, what folks are interested in, excited about, struggling with in the Asian American Jewish. I can imagine how excited you are to yeah. get ready for that release. I'm just curious about kind of the background of those of you that started this. Do any of you have background in film and in editing and things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. So our team is actually for Sosamal, the team, very specialized. So I am the producer. So I do all of the fundraising and operation, logistical support, project management. And I kind of am sort of as my creative team members have lovingly told me the gel that glues it all together, but I'm the only person, well, no, actually that's incorrect. I'm going to take that back because we just hired new team members. <laughs> I am one of two people whose role is not in the creative realm. So we have four creatives and two non-creatives on our team. And even the folks who are not creatives in this team role have like a creative background. Like I have a background in writing. So does our other person who's not a creative member of the team. So I think that really helps us like get on the same page because we can all think creatively. And so we have creatives who are like career professionals in this area who are Asian American Jews and have been waiting for this to happen for a long time. So wanted to, you know, invest their time in it, even if it's like a freelance project that may not be paying as much as they usually could make. So we have two people who, are, who do film. One person is our creative director, the other person's a creative producer, so they collaborate on editing all the films and getting it all looking professional and polished and branded. We have a comms coordinator who does all of our social media and promotes the films and then someone who does graphics. So it's a pretty contained effort of like a pretty concerted effort as well. And between the four, there's a lot of collaboration, but I definitely think it has helped us become more sustainable and successful in this process, being a startup project that our team has very clear and contained roles and responsibilities. And that there is someone, we're now two people holding all of the things that are involved that are not making the thing, but like actually making the thing stick and making the thing memorable and making the thing on time. And so that's kind of my role. So Jen, I know you're in California. Mm -hmm. Most of the team there in California, are they spread out? How are you meeting? How, how are you orchestrating all of this? <laughs> yeah, so so we're, we are a virtual team for the most part. We have met up twice in person because I frequently go to Los Angeles, which is where three of our creative team members live because my father lives in Los Angeles, so I frequently go. And so we sometimes when we've had to film like team like videos, I would just go to LA and we would just do it together. And sometimes when, when I'm in LA, we'll do team meetings in person. I don't anticipate that to happen anymore though, because we just hired two team members from New York. So right now it is a very bi-coastal effort, but obviously like with more funding looking to expand and just take it. We want to be as nationally, you know, situated as we can, because there are like, as we've done this work more and more, we've had more Asian American Jews reaching out to us. And a lot of them are like, oh, well, I'm in like here. This is not necessarily a hub with a lot of other Asian American Jews. And we don't want to be neglecting or not serving those folks because they don't exist in an environment where a lot of others like them exist. So that's like what we're thinking about for next steps. This question just sort of came to my head. I know that obviously you're trying to engage Jewish people mm -hmm. and seems to be having success in this. Do you think you're also engaging other Asians that may not be Jewish, but that in a way yeah. learning about this and can you speak to that a little bit absolutely yeah i think we have had within the asian american community the most success with other mixed race asians one because of our own networks being very deep in the mixed race community i was a mixed race community organizer for two years jenny comes out of the mixed race creative you know 
circle, community, uh, whatever you might call it. So we've actually done a series of collaborations in May with three other groups that serve mixed race folks. Two of them serve specifically mixed race Americans, just to celebrate AAPI Heritage Month from the perspective of like a mixed kind of intersectional lens. So we've done like some degree of collaborations there, but I do think that generally, like there are different ways that Asian Americans and non-Asian Jews would be interested in this project. And because of the, the internal dynamics of how like those communities are different, I would say in this particular moment, there is more of an appetite for it in the Jewish community from what I can tell. But I also know that we're not like, we need to be doing more to engage non-Jewish Asian Americans in this conversation because all of us have to some degree experienced anti-Semitism in the community and vice versa experienced racism in the Jewish community. So there is a lot more that we can be doing. And we were, you know, part of multiple Asian American film festivals and that got the conversation going and got us, you know, featured, but there is definitely a lot more to work to do in that area. And we're excited with our recent team expansion and the growth of our season two to build on the momentum we already have in the community and really grow our engagement with Asian American followers. I looked away for a second and obviously people listening to this podcast won't know that because they're not seeing me, but I looked away because I was thinking about a project that I wanted to ask you about and find out if you know about it, find out if there's any collaboration there's an organization, they're based in California as well, called Artists for Israel. Are you familiar with them? No, I'm not. The reason I bring them up is basically they shine light on trouble, problems, troubles, areas uh, within the North American community, of course, but also in Israel and also throughout Europe. And mm-hmm. they, they started by bringing artists to Israel, not necessarily Jewish, artists to Israel to create murals on places like bomb shelters and things like that. And in that Mm. way, those artists became advocates for Israel. And now their travel is less. They're not going to Israel so much, but they have been able to go to Europe and create murals honoring some righteous Gentiles. So they're really Mm. working on combating anti-Semitism. The reason Mm. I bring it up is that they just this year did a mural and Asian hate. And it was Mm. a feeling response for the, you know, terrorism that's happened in the Asian community over the last mm. I mean, year and a half or so, or, you know. So I'm trying to see, because I looked it up, the mural where it's located at, K-Town. Oh, in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. So I'm, I'll send you a link to it, but yeah. I think that it may be of interest to you to connect with them or Absolutely. even know about what they're doing because mm. it's all a combined effort of, to me, of raising consciousness. Right. I absolutely think that raising consciousness among folks who don't share the Asian American Jewish identity as we do is a big part of this project. Like it is absolutely like the organic response from it has been that people have been learning and unlearning from our videos because our participants share so vulnerably. But I would say the primary mission and the core, the primary purpose and the core reason that Lunar exists is to serve Asian American Jews. We exist because we're like a love letter to our community. We want our community to feel seen and and like they belong. And all of our content, our outward facing media, as well as our programming is designed with that audience in mind. And if other folks are interested and want to learn, they are definitely welcome to our page. But I would say that we design our, all of the things that we do really with that audience and like in deep focus. And it's not really to us as about like, how will everyone else receive this? You know, how will they learn from it? Because we think the learning and the receiving happens organically. But the part that we really have to be so mindful of and 
you know, thoughtful about is the um, how much diversity exists within Asian American Jews and how we can faithfully represent all of those intersections. I like that you said it's self-love for yourselves. Because mm -hmm. of course, if you don't love yourself with right. every part of your identity, then you can't spread love out to the rest of the world. And so I think it's amazing to create this safe haven. Absolutely. There's so much that goes against us as a community having self-love, being like Asian American and Jewish, you know, there's a lot of cultural trauma embedded in like us being able to take pride and take stock in what we do and really feel as if, you know, for me personally, at least like confidence is very hard because growing up, I was taught that humility is the way like whenever, like in China, whenever someone says something to you, that's a compliment, you can't just say thank you. You have to be like, no, that's not true. Just like basically talking yourself down from like the compliment. So like really unlearning that has been a process for everyone on our team and learning that, yeah, we can take up space. Like Asian Americans in this country are often told to like, you know, don't make waves, don't make a scene out of your problems. You know, it's both cultural and systemic in the way that Asian Americans are triangulated in our systems of oppression. And so for us to really undo that and start to be like, no, you know what, we're going to take up space. We're going to tell our stories and we deserve to have safety, security, belonging, community. That's big. It is. It's more than big, Jen. I'd say it's huge. And uh, mm. I'm excited to help share this story out and reach other Asian Jews, but also to reach others as well. And to start at that point of recognizing that no matter what your identity is, you have a right to take up space. Absolutely. So important because the bottom line is whether you're Jewish or not, or you believe what you believe in or not, the fundamental principles of Judaism say we're all raised or born and created in the image of God or mm -hmm. higher power or source. Yeah. And if we're created in that image, we have a right to speak our peace and share who we are. Absolutely. I think it's an amazing mm -hmm. purpose that you have. Thank you. So I know you're involved now with Jews of Color Initiative. Tell me what mm -hmm. other organizations you are maybe working with or organizations that you feel inspired by. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the Jews of Color Initiative is a big one. The Jews of Color Initiative created the leader that I am today. Like, I do not say that lightly. Like early 2020, Alana Kaufman reaches out to like my Hillel and was like, I want to talk to, like, I guess she said something about talking to JOC, like folks were emerging. I had a one hour conversation with her and that changed my life. She was like, the problem in this community is not you, is racism. I want to invest in you. I was like, invest in me. What did I do? I'm just a college student like out here, like, you know, organizing mixed community or whatever. She goes, let's talk more. Let's keep this going. I was like, okay, wow. <laughs> I guess like just by existing at this intersection, somebody cares about the fact that I exist at this intersection. That's pretty great. So with her ongoing mentorship and support, as well as the rest of the JOCI team, that is what really got me to start seeing myself as a leader and be confident enough to say, you know what? There isn't enough of representation and belonging for JOCs, and I can be a part of making that happen. Because before this, I was really, before like having talked to her, I was really conscious of taking up leadership in the Jewish community for like various reasons. One being I wasn't raised Jewish and didn't know enough. And I was just like, I can't ever be a Jewish educator. I don't really know that much. Two being I'm a Jew of color. And so I never saw, you know, authentic representation, especially not of Asian Americans. I knew like absolutely no one in leadership positions who was an Asian American Jew until I was introduced to more through the Jews of Color Initiative. And three being like, as someone who is relatively racially ambiguous and white passing, it is hard to be like, you know what, I'm going to start speaking about JOC issues because there are folks out there who experience much worse and much more direct discrimination in the community due to their skin color. And I definitely benefit from colorism. But then I was kind of like, 
I have experienced numerous instances of clearly feeling different, clearly being told I was different, clearly being asked questions that white Jews would never be asked. And that is like, that, that's that, you know, that's it. I cannot invalidate my experiences of marginalization because I have privilege. And I continue to be very mindful of that privilege as I navigate spaces, but you know, I cannot just like shut up because I have privilege. So that's one organization. So just to say how much I absolutely love the Jews of Color Initiative and would encourage everyone to support their work because they supported mine. I am here today because of them. Um, other organizations that I really like love and support, there's an emerging group called, uh, I cannot pronounce their name, Tulane or something like that. It's a patchwork cookbook of Jews of color. I'd say it's Tulane. Tulane. So, yeah. so Tulane, the patchwork cookbook for Jews of color is like a cookbook. They're gathering stories and recipes and photos from Jews of color about their multicultural heritage and how they felt in the Jewish community. And they're still taking submissions. So if you want any Jews of color out there, you want to see you're a good, great cook and you want to, you know, share your story, that's the great place to go. Awesome. So I would say those two are like Jews of color led organizations that are like just Jews of color generally that I feel very passionately about. And then obviously being in this work of like an Asian American Jewish like specific experience, I really resonate with and want to uplift other people doing similar kinds of specific work. So there's the Black Jewish Liberation Collective and Juti Naiko, which each serve like respectively Black American Jews and Latinx Jews. So those are groups that, you know, exist within the Jews of color ecosystem, but are a little bit more specific, just like Lunar. And so we really see them as like our like similar organizations. So we really want to uplift their work. And then in terms of general Jewish organizations that are like multiracial and focused, there's like a bigger audience. I work at Urban Adama, so I'm going to give Urban Adama a shout out. <laughs> you know, Urban Adama, yeah, the yes. farm. Here with them, yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I love Urban Adama. Great farm, great people, very vibrant community. The, the form of Judaism that is practiced there is very music centered and embodied. So I'm a fan of that. So I'm also like, you already had them on, but like, I just really love One Table. One Table has funded and single-handedly supported natural love. so many things that I have done. Like One Table hosted our healing Shabbat after the shooting in Atlanta. One Table, I mean, I don't know that they knew they did that because we just posted it and people signed up. But it was just like, without One Table being such a constant presence in this community and being like, Shabbat, it's important, do it every week and we'll give you money and we'll make this beautiful website for you to do it on. I don't think we would have had as easy of a time getting people to access this event. So all these shout outs to one table. Yes, no, but what's not to like, and I think how one table has been able to pivot during this pandemic and provide so much for people that were stuck home alone. Yeah. It says so much for how they're thinking in a forward manner. Yeah. So I agree with you on one table. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Lunar that we haven't covered? Yes, our social media. You can find us on Instagram at Asian.Jews, on Facebook at Asian.Jews, on YouTube at Asian Jews, and at Twitter on Asian underscore Jews. We're Asian Jews everywhere. You can't miss us. Go find us. And I'll have them all on the show notes page as well. So in case you're listening in the car, you don't have time to look them up right now. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be there because I'm excited to really make a big push to share with the rest of the world. Am I allowed to ask people to donate on this podcast? Is that allowed or no? You can ask people to donate because I'm happy to support you. Caveat I'm going to say is if someone donates to Lunar because they heard about Lunar on this podcast, let us know. Of course. I mean, I don't know if that'll be information that they will fill out because we have an Indiegogo. Yeah. 
So our Indiegogo had launched on September 8th. It's still live and you can go over to our Instagram page to access the link. Go donate. Yes, please. Because my whole purpose in life is to support organizations that are up and coming in Jewish life. Thank you. That are making a great impact for good. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridging Connections podcast. This podcast and Bridges 613 will succeed if its social media reach is wide. Please partner with us to promote this important work. You can follow us on Facebook at Bridges 613 and visit our website at www.bridges613.org. There, you can read blogs, listen to past podcasts, and subscribe to our newsletter. Please share the podcast and our social media links with your community and enable others to benefit and learn about the groundbreaking innovation taking place in our beloved Jewish community. Your support is greatly appreciated.